You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bandwagon nerds. Oh. Yes, I am the host today, the lawyer Dave Unger, Patrick O'Dowd, still busy with the kids at UMass. You know, somebody's got to keep those kids in line. Might as well be Mr. O'Dowd. He will be back next week. Ray's giving Patrick the thumbs down. If I had the booing spot, I would be, you know, helping you out, Ray, but I just don't. So anyway, I am not here alone this week. It is the same for two weeks in a row. We got the same panel, which is uh, always helpful for continuity and consistency. I am joined here today. You heard me talk to the one and only Reverend Ray Cash, the proud champion of the Baltimore Ravens, the 72 Dolphins of preseason. Ray, how are you doing, man? It feels good to win something because Lord knows by the time January comes around, it might not go my way, but I will take it. I'm very happy. It's good to be here. Hey, two weeks in a row for me. I know. Then that should get I'm some a, applause. I'm, that should yeah. get some applause. But the problem with the uh, the soundboard is that the live studio audience, one PC Tunney, his soundboard is giving him the middle finger. Um, Tunney, how else are you doing on this lovely Sunday morning, kayfabe Monday day? Yeah, it's been about 10, 11 days since the uh, old Skype decided not to let the sound from my computer go in through to your ears. So I recorded DWI on Friday. The guys just had to sit quietly while the sound played. I could hear it. The listeners can hear it. But uh, yeah, sc- fuck Skype. Um, but hey, on a positive note, if you want to take a break from all your troubles and watch something that's completely mind numbing and painlessly easy to watch. Check out a spoof on activism. It's on Netflix. It's called JT and Chad Go Deep. And let me tell you, you're going to give your abdominals a workout. Oh, okay. Well, I could use some abdominal workout that doesn't involve planking. So that would be that'd be kind of nice. Pe- pe- no, plank. You said planking, not pe- planking. I, I would I would take you as a Superman guy. Yeah, I don't like those, man. They they hurt my back and stuff. So. But planking does, you know, Ray, to be honest, any abdominal exercise is going to hurt your back when you're old like me. You know, you're worried about your old man pains, but get your core together. And, and yeah, that's that's why the core is I know this is the bandwagon nerds uh, exercise show, but that's why getting your core is the most important thing to get strong because everything else will get stronger 
with your core. So if you get your abs, your obliques, and your back muscles right, yeah, you you're a juggernaut tank. This is a lifestyle network, Ray. I mean, we've we've already said that 90% of the shows on here are cooking shows, so it's all good. Those are the boxes I have to check when you when you sign up to put a podcast out into the world. People don't know that you have to you have to check these little boxes. Hey, That's look, right. We don't want no in-state people on this network. Hey, you look, can take we, that over to Fightful or somewhere else. That's right. Want... And be honest, you know, this is a a pro wrestling <laughs> network, and one of the you know the big guys in pro wrestling is you know, say your prayers, train, take your vitamins, believe in yourself, and fuck over your best friend. Apparently, let me be tell racist, you dude. Well, let me tell you something, brother. It's time to get into. The crux of this episode, we are going to continue on with our review of Umbrella Academy Season 3, Episode 6. We're also going to talk, before the first commercial break, about She-Hulk Episode 2. It'll be Patrick's decision what he does with the She-Hulk thing next week. I don't think we can avoid discussing it, especially since it infuriates Ray to no Uh end. And that's Uh worth the price of admission. Plus, some pretty big Easter eggs on this week's episode. I don't know if you guys caught it. But we're going to talk about some of these Easter eggs because they are, yeah, including one of them that may have leaked the uh, debut of a very famous mutant. Anyway, before we get there, let's talk Umbrella Academy Season 3, Episode 6, entitled Marigold, which I guess refers to how Harlan kind of gets in touch with the life energies and the forces of all those around him. And, and it's his way of kind of harnessing his own power. And he uses this to teach Vanya how to take his power back. And that leads to um, his disclosing. Let's let's uh, Ray, I know you've alluded to it in the past. So let's get the elephant in the room out of the way, since, you know, that's kind of the elephant in the room sort of analogy is what we've talked about a few times. We're going to talk about it with She-Hulk. But Allison continues to be the worst of all people and continues to slide in this episode, especially very disturbing what she does. Not surprising, but it is what it is. So anyway, we'll we'll do the Harlan, Vanya, or Victor sort of thing first, where Victor takes Harlan's power back eventually, and Harlan discloses to Allison that he was responsible for the death of not only their mothers, and Allison puts two and two together and realizes he's responsible for the death of her daughter. Allison then, uh, I guess she kills him, Ray. I had a rumor. You going, big dog? Yeah, um... I will say this, though. I, I love um, storytelling because it's all about perspectives. One could argue that Allison did the right thing in killing Harlan because he was unstable. Now, she did not know to the extent of which Victor was able to take his powers back. She saw the big <laughs> shit happen, whatever. But Harlan had done so much bad, not on purpose, but he had done so much killing and so much bad that one could argue, of course not in real life, under the guise of like superhero tropes and, and, and movies and shit, stuff like that. It was a mercy killing. Now, she didn't do it for the right reasons, but Harlan is a very sympathetic figure, but he was a bad, he did bad things. He didn't mean to, but he did bad things. And I, I think that's, it's such a powerful story uh, take or story arc because the only reason he did his bad things is all because of Victor. And which is why he feels so conflicted now about Harlan and try and almost turned on the family that he'd been begging to love him for all these years for the kid. Well, let's say kid, the kid's older than all of them, like twice their age, but you know what I'm saying? 
So it's a it's a it's it's such a perspective situation. Where do you where do you see it from, or how you perceive it from? But if nothing else, Allison never killed before. Now that she's killing, what else will she do? She's lost Ray. She lost the baby. She basically lost the family now because they're not rocking with her no more after this. Once they figure out what happened, I'm sure. So what's next for her? I think that the 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 turn the heel turn of Allison has probably been the coolest part of this year's story to me, and it just continues to get deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, she um doesn't help when she sees when she delivers Harlan to the sparrows and sees uh, Luther in the full Sparrow Academy outfit. You know that's. That's really hammering home the fact that, um, you know, that things have gotten pretty out of hand. Tony, what are you? Which, by the way, which wasn't his fault? He didn't get. No, oh, no. Yes, it was. This is no. The first time was when they kidnapped him. This time, that's right. He actually joined. Well, so he was. Right. He was. You know, uh, getting it on with Sloan in the next. You know, her bed squeaks a lot, Ray. Just um, that's what. Well, when that's you, what Faye when tells her. The, when you're fucking the gorilla, I would imagine it wouldn't be quiet. Tony, when you can float like that, though, what are you having anything squeak for? You got to focus the float, cause so oh, maybe he was. He, you got to focus the float, cause maybe he was laying it down. Luther was being the plumber, cause he was laying some pipe, I guess. So. <laughs> laying that pipe down. Oh man, Tony, your thoughts on this whole Allison just continuing to slide into darker, worse places as the season goes along? Now we've got four episodes left, and she's killed a guy. I want to. Start with Victor, though, and um, Harlan, because they're both good people at their core. They're both emotional people at their core. And it's the power because of their lack of emotional stability that they can't control it. Right. And I think that's the problem that in lies the situation. And that's a hard thing to explain to somebody who has no idea, um, especially when you've been the one harnessing this power emotionally unstable and not being out upfront about it. Like Victor does bad things too, right? Harlan and Victor are the same kind of thing. So I think it's that power, um, not being wielded with emotional stability to start with now. Yeah. Allison, I, I don't know. Something's got to happen where someone, I think at some point it, it, her and Victor were so close, right? It, I don't know when, or by the end of the season or something, that's what the, those two make each other emotionally stable. And I think that's the place we need to go to get them back in this uh, uh, face instead of heel personas, if you want to use the wrestling terms. Now, I was out with DP last night, and he has only watched the first couple episodes, but he is liking the fact that now, since the end of last season, we're past the comic books, right? So you don't really know you know i i'm hoping that they had an idea for two seasons and we're going to get to that um after these first two seasons from the comic books so i'd love to see that overall arc but everything's just picking up right now this has been a wonderful season for for the record hotel oblivion was a storyline in the umbrella academy comics but i think they've deviated a lot from it right i think it happened before the end of season 2 in the comics which was the end, the end the of case. season 2 was the end of the comics that may be the case, yeah. Yeah, going back to the Hotel Oblivion, uh, you know, because I know we could we could sit here and pontificate on Allison and how deep this shit is going to go for forever. Um, you know, she's uh, I mean, the interesting thing is at the end, she does see Luther and that sparrow thing and she goes right in the front door. So that's you know, she's not 
they're obviously the the two academies are going to align right now because the Google Blitz continues to be a problem. And you could see like Victor's telling Allison, it's getting really bad out there. You see the physical damage to the cities that is uh, prevalent due to the Google Blitz just continuing to obliterate stuff. So it's a big deal. Um, you get this interesting thing with uh, with Diego and Lila at the White Buffalo Suite where they go behind the wall and go down this trippy-ass mystery hallway. I mean, all kids would just go down that hallway, right, guys? I mean, if you were a 12-year-old kid, go right down that hallway? I'd be like, no, I don't think so. Um, but they go down and they end up in a, a, I don't know, what is it, like an alternate version of the, uh, sha- the um, uh, what is it, Hotel Obsidian, I think is what? Yeah, you want to know you know, know what I thought of when you're a little kid and you're bored as hell and your grandparents, you're standing over there and they have nothing for you to do and you're bugging the shit out of them. And they're like, go outside and dig a hole. You go straight to China. Like I thought, like, like that's like how you got to the opposite side of the earth, right? Yeah, is it the opposite oh, yeah, side, or was yeah, it an yeah. alternate alternate version? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I just I'm just saying it made me think of that but weirdly. For, that, you know. that long ass um, hallway. Yeah, I see what you're saying, Tony. Yeah, but we get the revelation that uh, Stan is not Lila and Diego's kid. Stan's just somebody that Lila bought, borrowed from one of her friends. Um, they're still looking for Stan. When they can't find anybody, Diego makes the mistake of ringing the bell, which summons some I don't know silver samurai ish looking sort of thing. That goes and throws a some sort of throw and star kind of deal at Diego. Cuts off a couple of his fingers. Instead of like grabbing those so they can be reattached, they're gone. Um, and they're back on the other side. Meanwhile, Stan shows up with a slushy and some uh, Slim Jims. And he gets Kugel blitzed. So Stan, gone. Your guys, right yeah. Tony, I'll start with you. I mean, the Lila Diego kind of um, storyline is, is still one of my favorite parts of this. Stan gets Kugel blitzed. Where are we right now? What what was what was that thing that was coming after them? Any ideas? Looked like some samurai or something, didn't it? Um, silver samurai jumped know, in my head. You want to know what was interesting is um, in Bizarro Hotel Obsidian, I think Lila stepped on a cockroach, right? She also stepped on one in the regular Hotel Obsidian, did she not? So there's got to be something to that. There can't just be there for no reason. First, I thought it was their kid because it looked like when you stepped on the cockroach, you got the same juice that was coming out of the kid's ear. But the kid's gone now, so that was completely wrong. But there has to be there has to be something more to that. But what a weird, cool, kind of interesting scene. I mean, obviously, there's something to this hotel as well, right? Ray has uh, got I'll his be- poker face going on because he knows. But well, I I know, but I I. I'm not going to say this because I don't know. I can't remember if it was in the episode or not. So I'm not going to give that away because I don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, that fucking weird ass samurai. And if you can beat up Diego, <laughs> you a bad motherfucker. And like Diego was running for his life. Like you said, running. He was so scared. He left the fingers and was like, I'm out of here. Um, seeing Stan get Kugel Bliss was really sad, but hilarious the way it happened. But the best part about it is. She admitted it ain't even his kid. And so now that made me feel so stupid. But he's someone's kid. He, right. But it but it's not hers. Right. right? And but that that made me feel stupid because to to our knowledge, Diego's only been with one one person, Lila. And that happened two seasons ago, or a se- however long it was. Season ago. two. Right. But in a timeline, it was like six days ago. <laughs> So how did she come back with a twelve-year-old? And well, he was like, "Yeah, that's my kid." 
What? If she didn't age, if she was jumping around time like five possibly while the kids sat for 12 years in a different timeline, that could have happened. Sure, but Lila's not going to do that because she was raised by um, whatever the lady was with the company. Yeah. Oh, the uh, handler. Yeah, so all she knows is jumping around and, and getting out of there and going different places. So, I Who's the, who's the mother-daughter combo from, is it Marvel? Where the mom, with, oh no, that's, is that DC Suicide Squad? The, 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 the lady in charge and her daughter is also a part of? Oh, uh, Amanda Waller, Peacemaker, right? Isn't it a yeah. Peacemaker? Right? Yeah. Kind of reminded me oh, of that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to use some of the times that Mystique tricked uh rogue into working for yeah that's 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 you're getting way way that 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 that's some interesting conspiracy shit there ray so you know just no i'm just kidding (laughs) um you mentioned five let's talk about five he uh we get to see pogo um and then we get this interesting backstory that explains a lot of uh what happened with the sparrow academy because uh pogo's training him he's their sensei and mr hargreaves dad wants to send the Sparrow Academy on this suicide kamikaze sort of mission that Pogo's like, fuck that. They're not ready for this. Um, Pogo gives him some sort of pills that I don't know what happens. I did notice how Alfonso, uh, his condition obviously degraded significantly between this event and when he gets, you know, killed by Harlan in, in this season. So something went on with him, uh, but Pogo gets fired by Reginald. He leaves, he goes and becomes a tattoo artist, five tracks him down. And you get the what is it? What is it? This Project Oblivion, Ray? Is that what Oblivion? And you yeah. only get the beginning kind of idea about what's going on. And they didn't really tip their hand too much as to what Project Oblivion is, but it's obvious that Pogo and you know Five showing him the tattoo and and Pogo kind of talking to Five about what's going on. So we're going to get more about that. But uh, go back to you, Ray. Your first thoughts on, on Five meeting up with Pogo, getting some back important backstory on the Sparrows, what makes them tick, and just how they ended up like this. So, I'm glad I'm, I really want to talk about this because I alluded to this last week and earlier in the season. Um, uh, because this episode, that little this little tidbit is important to note why Ben is the way he is. So, number first and foremost, I. The pills to me were always about Reginald, not about the Sparrows. And the from the way I took it with Alfonso is that the older he so Alfonso's power is every hit he takes, his body does that. So I just took that as Alfonso being older, because that was years before. I just took that as him being older, which is why he has the extraness. I don't know. But the part where so Marcus is number one. Ben is number two. Ben was number one and wanted to be number one, but wasn't good enough. And so you see in that fight, him fighting Jamie and not going to the, not like he's choking her out. And Jamie's like, no, I'm not tapping. I'm not giving up. And uh, I believe if I'm, if I'm wrong, correct me, but doesn't he stop? And then uh, I got it the other way. No, Pogo Pogo wants him. Pogo says, you know, he he's wants Jamie to quit. Reginald yeah. says she'll tell us when she's had enough and she yes. ends up winning. She stabs yes. him with the with the piece of whatever is sitting there Thank you. and then she kicks the bell. Thank you. That was it. Um but it but that, that whole little moment was so telling of the dynamic of the of them and why Alfonso and Jamie seem to be their own subset 
with everybody else. And it also, I think, goes to show you that Marcus was the only straight-laced one of the bunch. Well, actually, it, and it also gives you the reason why Ben can't be the number one. Because he's too interested in Hargreaves is thinking about what he's doing instead of actually getting the job done. And that's 100%. his whole problem. 100%. Now, going forward to Oblivion, um, the only thing that this episode really uh, kind of alludes to is the symbols on the tattoo. Um, but uh, the little the little kind of chase when Pogo's running away and Father got to fight the mothers and then like chase them down to the trailer park. That was fun. Uh, but got the under the table. Yeah. I would like to have seen more Pogo. Uh, but I mean, you know, it gave me what I needed. So Ray tipping his hand, Tony, that there is no more, no more Pogo in season three. Apparently that's all we're going to get out of him. Thanks for ruining that for us, Ray. I appreciate it. But I mean, there, there's <laughs> like 20 main characters and one isn't going to be there the next episode. And he may. Oh, so Pogo is the only only one who doesn't make it to the end now, Dave. He just keeps giving more away. God, you got to love Ray. The total package right here on (laughs) Bandwagon Nerds. Um, So, interesting interchange between Luther and Ben, I thought, at the beginning of the episode, where Luther kind of explains to Ben why his they've got these sort of feelings about him and Luther trying to tell this version of Ben. I think, you know, my version's in there somewhere. I thought that was interesting. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Ben's Ben seems to wrestle like you guys are saying with um, his own feelings of I'm not good enough to be number one. And, and how do I reconcile that? Well, you don't. That's the one thing. And he seems to be trying to struggle with that. But last thing I want to talk about Klaus, who hangs out with his dad, uh, Reginald, who is fascinated with Klaus and is going to try to help him figure out what makes him tick. And I don't know if he electrocutes him to death at the end of this thing or what he does, but the yeah the Klaus Reginald relationship continues to be one of the fun parts of this show and 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 this and you get to see like Reginald at the beginning where he's uh, on the sparrows getting ready to send them into this nightmare oblivion scape sort of thing and this version who's seems to be interested in what's going on with Klaus but not exactly uh, Tunny what were your thoughts on the Klaus and Reggie sort of thing I know you like Mister Hargreaves so how are you feeling about this I love Klaus as well I think. I mean, Hargreaves in any timeline, his whole mission is just to prepare whoever is the sparrows or the umbrella or whatever fucking uh, rain stopping or bird entities you could think of that he named, you know, in different timelines, these groups of people. The Raven but, Academy, the Eagle yeah, Academy. The yeah, Academy. like the Commander we're, we're Academy. The oh, God. Yeah, we're the Galoshes Academy, okay? Um, so... He's obviously helping Klaus work on his powers. So his powers are that he can't die or he comes back to life, right? So what, how do you improve that? What is important about that? So I think there's just the one person we're not thinking about is Hargreaves, in my opinion. So I, I don't know. I'm loved, I can't, I want to see more Klaus. I love Klaus. I love him to death. I love to just party with Klaus for the weekend. Doctor Evil Ray, is that what we're we're going in that direction? I'm just I'm just saying, Tony cooking with the the lash sauce. Um, I will say one thing, one thing, one thing only: the relationship between Klaus and Reggie is extremely important for the rest of the series. I don't doubt it because yeah, well, Klaus, it, it has to be because there's how many of those kids, and he's the only one hanging out with them, right? <laughs> 
I thought one of the things that uh, Reginald says to Pogo in that er opening scene where they're doing the training is uh, Pogo asking him about his humanity and Reginald's like my humanity, which of course ties back into the whole thing that we don't think Reginald is exactly a human being, that he could be an alien, which I think we saw a little allusion to that in season two. So we'll see what they do with that whole thing. But um, yeah, another another really solid episode. This way, this series continues. This season continues to just impress every single week with more complexity more depth um you guys final thoughts as to episode six of season three tony what are your final thoughts anything that we missed that you wanted to talk about not that i can think of off the top of my head i'm just i don't know whatever they all gotta fucking come beat they all gotta come together to beat apparently so we'll see what happens i mean i i just i just really enjoying this season ray i know you've seen the uh the season to the end i get the distinct impression that not all of our friends are going to make it out of this season alive. Um, you don't have to tip your hat about that, but you know, if you can kind of detach yourself from what you know and kind of mm-hmm. just go with where we are so far, mm-hmm. you, you agree with that, that it doesn't seem likely that everybody's making it out of this alive. I mean, well, nobody ever makes it all the way out, out alive except for the umbrellas. So yeah, I'm not, yeah, I, I completely agree with that notion of, of with the Kugel Blitz, when Stanley died, anybody can die, right? Um, so, yeah, anybody can get it. Even if the Umbrellas, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them don't make it or all of them. I don't know. Because, there w- I mean, we know now there's a season four, but at the time there was a chance that this would be the end. So, you know, we don't know. Um, and to Tony's point, with so little sparrows left and so much unrest between the um, Umbrellas, and the Kugel Blitz happening, like you would think that something's going to have to happen between both of those teams to figure the shit out. So, yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned it, Ray. You raised a great point. We got word this week that we will get season four of the Umbrella Academy, and it will be the final season of the show. Um, which you know, I, and and I'm thrilled that it's going to get a season four. Sure, I think like anything like Lock and Key. I know Ray loves that show, but like Lock and Key, like Tony and I, the way we feel about it. It's bittersweet to know that this is the end, that sort of thing. Stranger Things, Season 5, Walking Dead, all these shows that we've grown up loving coming in the end. But like you guys talked about earlier, we Umbrella Academy is now in uncharted territory where it's not based on comics, and that's fine. But you guys' thoughts, we're getting a fourth season. That's great. Ray, I'll go to you first because you know how Season 3 ends. And mm-hmm. so... A, are you, you know, obviously you're not surprised about a season four, but the way season three ends without giving away spoilers, do you mm-hmm. think season four is a logical place to end this show? Season two is perfect. The way it ended was perfect. The way this season ends, I don't ever need to see another episode again. So they're really going to have to do, I mean, like there are no, no show ends without some open items or questions or things. So yeah, there's things that you wonder, you know, how, why, if this, so many, so you know, this, so on and so forth. But it ends on a perfect, the perfect cliffhanger, yet the perfect finality. So for them to come back season four, they there has to be, they got to be coming with something heavy and really good, or else it's just a cash grab. And if it is a cash grab, I'm still going to watch. But like, from a story standpoint, when you see what, so... Uh, we'll be talking about this actually on episode 150. How about that? Wow. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That, so that's perfect. You don't think we almost planned that, but we're not that clever. Just no. pulling the curtain back like She-Hulk 
talking to the four, you know, breaking the fourth wall. We're not that clever. I'm talking to somebody over there, Ray. One of the 24 is over there somewhere. Yeah, one of the 24. I thought it was 32 now. It might be 32. It's like football signals. So you're. it sounds like you're saying you don't think there was a need for season four, uh, that season three ended perfectly, but you're going to watch mm-hmm. it anyway. Tony, your thoughts? Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know how this ends up because you and I are, are are sticking to the script. You know, this is not like The Rock. This is where we go off the script. Nope. We're staying on the script, Tony and I. Um you know, at this point, I'm like, you know, not knowing what Ray knows at this point, I'm like, great. Yeah. Season four. Give me more of this. I don't know if I'll share that opinion when we get to the end and we'll talk about that on 150. But your thoughts on season four is is happening. It will be the final season. I'm OK with that. I mean, Ray seems to have some finality with three and I'm sure we all will. But I'm guessing you could always cut to like the beginning of four is like I don't know, whoever makes it through this year, this season, uh, is sitting on a beach like enjoying, thinking that everything's good, and then maybe someone's like, "Oh, blah blah, blah did you hear?" Her? And then then you cut to the the music or something, and you know we've seen that a million times. So, so you're saying season, I'm, I'm here season... for season. Listen, I was done with The Witcher. I'm done with Lock and Key, but I'll take more Umbrella Academy. Tony's saying that season four is going to start like a Jason Bourne movie, Ray. That's that's kind of what I heard out of that whole thing, right? Yeah, we're going to have it's the Umbrellas against the Matt Damon Academy. Woo! That might be fun. They get a get the a Bourne, little, the get Bourne a little, Academy, the Bourne you gotta, Academy. You got to put that <laughs> on your Matt, da- Matt Damon is one through seven. You you got to put that in your Nerdomania. There no. you go. Hey, that's for those of you who just remember that word in a few weeks. But yeah, let me tell you a match though that got cut from my card was the Invisible Man um, versus uh, uh, Daredevil's blind, right? No, okay. no, Daredevil isn't blind. He is blind. He's not blind. He is blind. He's Daredevil. Daredevil. He could see with his senses, but okay. technically okay, he's cool, blind, cool. right? The thing was going to be it was going to be the Invisible Man versus Daredevil in a blindfold match. <laughs> That's not fair. Daredevil's <laughs> gonna not whoop. Fair. Daredevil's gonna whoop that ass in about two seconds, Ray. It's over. Not even fair. <laughs> no, the Invisible Man versus, funny, trans, versus Translucent. Funny. There you go. In a blindfold. And throw it with with the Invisible Woman as the special referee. There you go. Yeah. This <laughs> storm. Yeah. Everybody in the crowd will be like, "What the fuck is going on? I have no idea." <laughs> I, can't I, see I know shit. We, I, how about I, I just know. Daredevil umpiring any baseball game? Oh, damn it, ump, you're blind. <laughs> yeah, how do you know? It was a strike. Yeah. I, don't. I, 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 know, I know GCW has ups and downs, but if you've ever seen The Invisible Man versus The Invisible Stand, it is fucking hilarious. Like, That's one of the best things I've ever done. It'll be like The that Invisible s- Man used to win uh, the Bruce City Wrestling uh, Battle Royals all the time. I, there we go. Be like that scene in Major League where Tom Berenger hits that home run and rounds the bases, and and Charlie Sheen and Wesley Snipes are then, oh, that was way out of here. It was gone. You know? <laughs> Speaking of way out of here and gone, let's talk. No, let's no. talk some She-Hulk, no. man. We are gonna no. piss Ray Cash off because Why don't you want to talk She-Hulk? It is inevitable. Like it? As much as Ray does not want to admit it is happening, it is happening. But let's talk about She-Hulk episode oh. two a little bit. Ah. Uh, Jen gets fired <laughs> for shulking out in the courtroom because it leads to a mistrial. And then she's very despondent trying to find a job. She gets hired by, ironically, the firm she was going up against because they've headed up a superhero criminal or superhero law division. And she gets assigned the case of Emil Blonsky, a.k.a. Abominations, 
parole hearing, which, of course, leads to a potential conflict of interest. But email and they they stick true to the law. And this has signed a conflict waiver so Jen Walters can represent him. Um, So that part is one thing, but it is kind of the things that are going on behind the scenes that have everybody talking. And let's let's take for Let's let's do the Easter eggs first. Okay, so. The big, the two big Easter eggs are, Tony. I hope you know what I'm talking about here. I'm sure you do. So, about six minutes in, after Jen gets fired, she's sitting on the couch or the bed next to her paralegal. Ray's writing shit down, so I'm kind of frightened about this. Put a sign up. Yeah. So she's. I I am with a sign. She's sitting there reading some online magazine, and for those you haven't caught it yet, this is important because on the right hand side of this. E-Zine, we'll call it, Internet Magazine. There are two headlines. There's a third you can't read all the way. I wish I knew what it said because I was kind of curious, but I couldn't get down that far. I don't think they showed it. But the first one is very important. Probably the most important, one of the more important aspects of this episode. Man, read the second one first. Huh? Read the second one first. Read the second one first. Okay, so they finally acknowledge... That, it's not, that's not as important as... Right, and they finally acknowledge the... Ex- everybody's been asking, how is nobody talking about this giant eternal in the middle of the Indian Ocean? Well, here you go. They're, they finally mention it, that there's... Why is there a giant human hand or whatever it is in the middle of the ocean? So there's the first acknowledgement that the Eternals, the events of the Eternals have taken place. So it does help as far as time-wise, especially with kind of the... Uh, you know, what we see later on in this episode, the bigger headline though, is the one right above that, that says man with metal claws gets into bar fight. Wolverine. It's gotta be Wolverine, right guys? Gotta be Ray. No, it's Dakin. What? No, I'm playing. It's Wolverine. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> it would be, it would, would that not be cool if it was Dakin and not Wolverine? I mean, clearly I've Feige is the type of dude to use Dakin and Laura Kinney and not have the old man. Well, right? Don't yeah, you think? I guess. I guess there could be a head fake of sorts. But I, I think the the bigger thing is that when you read this, no, it's it's yeah, everybody's like Metal Claws. He's got adamantium. All right, look, this is the beginning of of this appearance of this. Adamantium character. is a metal. It is. That's right, Ray. Very smart, Tony. Wolverine apparently now has been confirmed in the MCU in a roundabout sort of Easter eggish way. But uh, I assume you caught that. And what are your thoughts on this thing, man? This is a this is a big, pretty big deal. I'm not a big um, X Men guy, unfortunately. Hang up the uh, call. Hang I know. Call. I know. Platt's probably losing his mind. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's great. I mean, it's just going to bring in a whole other dynamic, a whole other angle to everything that's happening. Um, who else could it be, though? Besides, well, in I that mean, universe, could it be? Could be Sabretooth, but I don't think that no nah, the metal Sabre claws tooth. give it away no yeah that's true it's got claws, claws are metal yeah it, it you know what it, hey it could also just be something they're putting out there to just gauge the interest right no marvel's not like they they don't put stuff in for no reason they they, yeah, they are very that. calculated about what they put in and, and where they put it in all so right. all right and what do you like x-men or... my, what did i what did i message you dave just in our own dm and I told you to ask me about it this week. Do you remember? Uh, something. It was something. What did What did you want me to ask you about? In fact, she why don't you just tell, tell me? <laughs> she. Yeah, why don't you just tell me what movie you want to watch? Um, shout out to Seinfeld. Uh, what if she's the one that brings the new Avengers back together? She's got her hand in everything that's going on, and that was just 
you know, is it is it likely? Maybe not. But it's something to think about because here we're getting all this stuff from this show. She's going to have her fingerprints on a whole ton of stuff. She's she's doing uh, meta law. I, you know what I'm saying? So someone that understands what's happening understands the bad guy side of it, too, because she's going to be defending a lot of these people. So that could be a really interesting concept. At least have a hand in it. I don't know. It's just a path to think about there, too. That That's another another way to get to where you're going. Right. Because there's no... I mean, at this point, we're assuming Sam's going to be the leader of the new Avengers, but that may be a presumption on our very presumptive on our part could be Dr. Strange. Really, this seems like phase four is kind of uh, vetting people to see, hey, how are people reacting to certain things? And we'll talk about some of the stupid shit that's going on out in the world near the end of this podcast. But um, yeah, possibly Tony. Sure. I mean, Jen's got a different kind of temperament, a, a, a very... You know, as she gains confidence in her abilities, you know, she's very she is every bit the reluctant superhero. And you see it in this movie that she doesn't want this fame. She doesn't want to get this job solely because she can hulk out. She feels very belittled. She feels very marginalized by this crap. She's also a superhero that hasn't had her powers for a while. And it's got to take some adjustment as opposed to like the superheroes that grow up being superheroes or the superheroes that grow up wanting to be a superhero and figure it out tech wise, you know, i.e. a Tony Stark, a Batman kind of thing from, from a different side of it. But yeah. I think there's a big difference in, in getting that onset late in life where you're already into exactly what you want to accomplish inside your own realm and how you want to do it. And now you have to figure out something completely different and that's got to take some time. Also, she doesn't want powers. She has them unwi- unwillingly. She doesn't want them. She could, if she could get rid of them tomorrow, she would. Now, I'm not saying get rid of it. Not, it's, I'm not saying get rid of it in the sense of Bruce. Maybe Bruce, get rid of it in the sense of Spider-Man, where let's just not let everybody know that I have them. Well, she never wanted to. It, it's, it was an accident. No, she I know. Wants but to I'm saying, life. I know, but I think do- yeah. deep down, she she likes wielding the power. She also likes being able to turn back. She I don't didn't have fun with Bruce on the island? No, yeah, but I mean, everybody can make the best of a bad situation. That doesn't mean she still wants it. Because if she if she, if she really enjoyed it, she would have just stayed there and did that. She went back to work, went to her job. But she, mainly, you know she, she, was, she wasn't so mad about when she got the power. She was mad when she figured out that everything that she had wanted is going to change. Right, because she's more upset about... Yeah, but, but I'm saying, if she could go to like a Spider-Man thing where... He's like, let's make the whole world know that I don't have powers. She could still have her old job and just not ever show her powers, you know. I, I hear you. I disagree. I disagree hard because she was – maybe. I disagree. And, and you're hearing, um, Jimmy. You ain't listening. I have a, I have a Wolverine question for you guys. Um, first, and foremost, first and foremost, it would make sense that Wolverine would be the first of the traditional X-Men we would see. It just, it just makes sense to me because he is the oldest, right? Literally. But would you prefer in the MCU Wolverine to be younger, i.e. Taron Edgerton, or older, i.e. Carl Urban? Because those are the two guys that are being talked about a lot. It don't have to be those guys in general, but I'm saying, would you rather a younger Logan or like a older, grizzled Logan? I would want probably the Carl Urban version because that would more most closely mimic like when Hugh Jackman came into this whole thing about that same sort of, you know, Hugh Jackman was in his forties when he started, right? Same as Carl Urban. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't think we've seen too many portrayals as like young Logan 
uh, in too many places. So I think I think people are going to ex- more be more willing to accept a Wolverine who's a little bit more of the grizzled veteran as opposed to some rookie out there who can't. And if you and you know honestly, if he's already got metal and he's already got adamantium, we're well past the bone claw stage to the point that he's been experimented upon. He's been turned into Weapon X. Um, so I think it's got to be more you know, a 40 ish sort of character. So I would say Carl Urban would be my guess. Tony, before I thought, before I thought to you, Tony, the reason I asked, cause I, I would go younger because we've seen every iteration. He's old, he's old, he's old, he's older, he's older, he's older. He's lived a life. I think it would be cool to see him right at the beginning, like of, of his stages where he's still a younger dude, right out of weapon X trying to figure it out. I think that could be cool. And we got a little bit of that. In the original X Men, but I mean, it was already an older dude to begin with, Hugh, and instantly he came. He went to the guy we knew. I think it'd be cool to kind of see that transformation. I think it's just going to depend on what kind of story they want to tell. What's going to fit better? I don't think we'll be disappointed with any as long as they put the right one into the right storyline. So no answer. Nope. <laughs> you expected you expected something from Tony? We're talking about a lawyer show. I'm lawyering you. All right, guys, thanks. We're going to commercial. We'll see you back. And we got some wonderful trailer park stuff for you. No, yeah. we, we are not letting you off the hook that easy, young man. The total package. The total package is about to get fucked here. So, oh, so wait, man. before we do that, right, let's talk about Bruce. You know, because Bruce, the big, a couple big things. They, they did in a tongue-in-cheekish sort of way acknowledge the fact that uh, Mark Ruffalo replaced Edward Norton. It's not that overt. It's just basically like, I'm like a totally different person now, literally. So, you know, okay, fine. Nice nod to that whole thing. The bigger issue is that Bruce is on the phone with Jen. The call gets cut off because Bruce is on the Sakaran warship and it warps out, presumably to Sakaar, creating the high, high, high likelihood that much to the chagrin of the Reverend Ray Cash, we are going in World War Hulk land um tony you know what I, i'm gonna let i'm gonna ray is pretty despondent right now so i'm just it gonna is. let i'm gonna let it go over to you first you know ray's pre-hating this whole thing um you know your thoughts on uh bruce is on a sakar and warship presumably heading back to sakar why <laughs> is his wife there and he just doesn't know it is his kid there and he just doesn't know it is, is there there's no way out of the world war hulk scenario at this point right tony not necessarily but it doesn't have to be a movie on its own. I love Tony, it? Tony, ever the diplomat, not necessarily Ray. See that? Giving you hope. Can it be? A, could it be a part of this? Could it be a part of another streaming or another movie? I mean, it it, it could be it could be the end of a movie and the beginning of another one. It could just be that easy. But yeah, Ray, you're probably fucked here. <laughs> Ray, you want to hold up that sign that you that you've got now? Is is it time? Um, so my real answer I just want you guys to imitate banjos again I'm sorry Ray go ahead (laughs) no look trailer park yes no more of this we're done we've moved on Um, so my real answer my real response is uh, I abstain and no comment but if you're gonna make me speak about it give me six minutes like Tony said let it be like at the back end of episode five and we never talk about it again. Yes. Just, that's is, what I want. Was She-Hulk ever... In, I, I'm not very familiar with World War Hulk at, much, much at all. Is, is She-Hulk ever involved in that no. storyline? No. I didn't think so. She wasn't? Not at all? 
maybe when he came back and trying to calm him down, but no. no. I'm just trying to think of where else it could fit in besides its own hour and 45 to two hour and 15 The thing that I think I've made the comment. um, Could that be, could you, could, could that be a streaming series? It could. And I think I made the comment in the chat this week that there is a very real, if we're going to get World War Hulk version of Hulk coming back, that is every bit as big a threat for a big bad as Doom, as Kang, as Thanos, really. I mean, that's a deranged, irate, out for blood Hulk. That's bad news, Ray. Bad news. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm as despondent as possible. Funny story. You know, uh, so when the Illuminati banished him in Planet Hulk and he came back, you know, he came back with his with his uh, the war born or the war whatever group. Right. You know who it was who convinced him that it was the Avengers fault that Sakaar blew up. It was Meek. Korg and Meek. That's right. It was Meek. That's right. That's crazy. Yeah. So Korg and Meek exist. But no, I, look, OK, so I, I will say this. Sing Scar. S-K-A-R-R. Not. Not uh, not the the king of Pride Mountain. Hakuna Matata. Yeah, not that scar, but like S-K-A-R, Hulk's quote-unquote son. That could be cool, but no. I'm, I am so uninterested at like, look, I will take Dark Phoenix Part 17, and I will take Bruce and oh. Martha and them damn pearls 40 more times before hey. I watch fucking World War Hulk. Blame Ray because he, he brought up Scar from Lion King. But what about Pogo versus Rafiki? Oh, there's a there's a match for bandwagon for Nerdomania. We should also do the why did you why did you say that name match? There you go. That would be a good one to do. You know, just uh, I don't know what it would involve, Ray. But hey, well, why does anybody want this? I'm I tr- I, I you guys have y'all know me well. I am the most open book possible. I will argue for anything as long as it has just the smallest modicum of a, of a point. Why does anybody want to see World War Maybe Hulk? it has something to do with the rights reverting to Marvel that Universal doesn't have it. And maybe it opened them up to do something that they couldn't do before, which I know it doesn't make any sense. But, but OK, well, maybe it does make sense, though, because they couldn't do a Hulk proper movie after the first one with Edward Norton because of the issues with Universal. Now those issues are, are seemingly gone. Maybe they want to f- do something. Maybe they always wanted to focus on Hulk, but it didn't work out for one reason or another. Now they're trying to go in and take one of the most important Hulk storylines ever. Probably, arguably, Ray, Planet Hulk, World War Hulk, most important Hulk stories ever, I'd say, in the Can comics. We, it's uh, important. Yeah, known. Yes, it's probably the biggest story that you've you've heard of as Hulk. But there's other Hulk stories, and how many stories are there comically we'll never get? We'll never get House of M. It's never going to happen now. I don't see it because because I don't. I doubt Scarlet Witch is going to be involved in MCU in five years when the mutants are really there enough. Well, yeah, they to had, say no more mutants. And they had their chance with WandaVision, so, and they backed away from it. So exactly. I'll, so like how so like there's a bunch of stuff that's are is a, a major stories in in the populace of of comics Marvel and DC we'll never see so fucking what let me give you two reasons why why specifically though World War Hulk because that's a name that's a title of a movie that people who aren't comic book fans are are okay. like I'll give you that a, it's a dope name and then after Spider Man. 
who makes more money in merchandise than the Hulk on the Marvel side? He's, not a motherfucker. Yeah, no, I just completely disagree. Iron Man. Any of the big three right Iron now. Man, Cap, Widow, Captain Marvel. Hulk is not very high. He's not. And maybe Go they're trying me. to fix that. Maybe they're trying to fix he's that. Not. And I, I do think they want to get Hulk back to... Black Panther. Yeah. they. I, I do think they kind of want to get Hulk, that they, they want to tell more stories about rage-driven Hulk, and, and I don't know. We'll see. I know Ray's not happy. Before we close out on she Hulk, we've had Ray's driven Hulk since two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, bro. Yeah, Can't but, we but, but Ray, they kind of dumbed that down a little bit by making him a little bit comical in some places, and maybe they, maybe they want to show just how crazy and 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 dangerous this character is. I don't we know. got that for fifteen minutes in in um South in in, in Johannesburg. There you go. You got it. Well, we saw Veronica in Age of Ultron when uh, Wanda did the thing to him and he lost his shit. We got it. He there got you it. go. So you got it. 15 minutes of fame and that was good enough for you, Ray. All That's right. all we need. There's like 75 Marvel superheroes. Every hey, single one don't need a uh, movie. Before we get out, before we leave here, um, I did. There is another tie in. They they tied in what? Like three or four different movies in this one episode of She-Hulk. Oh, we get the tie in to Shang-Chi because once Jen realizes she's going to represent Emil, Emil Blonsky, um, Abomination is broken free and he shows up in a underground fighting ring, which is, of course, we saw that in Shang-Chi. So, again, you're getting I think the one of the most important things of this episode is you're getting figuring out because Marvel has them in, and of course also Ray they also talked about what are the my wife when she heard it she's like oh yeah I've always wondered that your man Hawkeye with Jen's dad asking hey does Hawkeye go and collect these arrows after he's done with them and it's like no that's only Daryl in the Walking Dead who does that but you wonder about Hawkeye does Hawkeye do that so you've got you've got all these sort of things that are kind of placing where are we in the timeline so we know this is running parallel to the events of Shang-Chi. We know this has happened after the events of Eternals. And we're guessing it's somewhere at or about the time of Hawkeye. So I think in that respect, it's kind of a, a, a you know, it's kind of like something in the background. But I thought, okay, this episode is important for telling us where are we right now. Um, I don't know if you guys felt the same way about that. Well, so they, we knew going into it, it was going to be extremely meta. And it was going to be, I know we, we, we've used the term a few, a few times this episode, but breaking the fourth wall of sorts. Um, so I just think these things are part of that kind of whimsical yet serious world that they're doing with She-Hulk. Because it's a very fun, very quirky, very upbeat series. But then like when she gets serious, it gets serious. Um, by the way, Hawkeye answered that question in the Hawkeye series. Like That's why they had to go and make more trick arrows because you can't you don't get them back that's right ray very good see i knew the hawkeye fan would have that tony your thoughts about them uh, kind of placing this in the in the whole timeline of where we are and what's going on around the uh marvel cinematic world it's all star wars is that what you're gonna say it's all star wars sure sure i don't think i could add anything more to it than you guys already have you know what i'm saying all right, man. I think I think this is good a place to we we've uh, we've gotten we've helped Ray get some of his rage out of his system. So I'm sure he feels a little bit healed. Ray, you feel better now, bud? That's I'm okay. still pissed. All right, but you feel a little bit better. I, I want I want no. to hear that you feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit better when they say we're not gonna do this damn fucking movie and we'll find another Hulk story to tell. Like, how about okay? You wonder what I would like to see? 
how about we tell the story of the Hulk transferring his powers or being additionally supplanted by Amadeus Cho, who ought to be about 15 years old? How about we do that? How about we bring we get the story of Hulkling, who technically is a squirrel, but could be a squirrel that got the Hulk genes or something. Give me something else besides the same old shit, bro. Give you what you want. I got you, Batista. Give me what I want. I got you, Batista. I got you, man. So the good news for Ray is you may not have to talk about this much after this because we don't know what Patrick will do with She-Hulk after this point because he absolutely abhors reviewing multiple shows at once. So see, I'm breaking out the big words there. Um, so uh, we'll see what he wants to do with it. But uh, I think this is as good a place as any to take our first commercial break. Uh, you are listening, of course, to Bandwagon Nerds, which is a part of the ChairShot Radio Network, right here on thechairshot.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right. You guys asked for it by popular demand back this week for the trailer park. The two man human banjo machine, Ray Cash, PC Tunny. Go, boys. Me, me, me. This episode of Bandwagon Nerds brought to you by the movie Deliverance. This episode of Bandwagon Nerds brought to you by Cocaine and Fake Banjos. Let's get some real trailer park music here. Hey, 
All right, fellas, look, we got three trailers to go through this week. There was another, a couple other trailers. Like, I know Aesop had shared the Last of Us teaser trailer. The problem was you had to go through two minutes of, like, nothing to get to the actual 30 seconds of The Last of Us. I'm like, ah, I don't think we need to. They didn't disclose anything really new there. But uh, there were a couple, of, a few trailers. One of them, of course, is a really big one. The first one that I kind of put on here this week is a interesting movie, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon, coming to Paramount+. Plus. On September 30th, 2022, uh, not far away. This one looks like, what do we got going on here, guys? We got some, uh, an Asian girl who escapes from a mental asylum. She's got mind control powers, um, and she doesn't want to be in this place any longer. So she meets, I don't know what's really going on. It looks kind of interesting. Tony, did you watch this trailer? And if so, what are your thoughts on this one? Someone decided to make a movie if Kimiko had freed herself and yes. not hooked up with the boys. There you go. That's is that the same actor? Is that the same actor? Or? It's not. Okay. It's not. It's not. Um, honestly, for uh, for a little bit of a kind of a thillerish kind of horror element, I'm kind of intrigued. Kirk Robinson does a lot for me here. Um, big fan of his. But the first two movies we're going to talk about, the first two trailers we talk about, I, I have the same feeling about both of them. In the fact that they're very interesting, they're very interesting concepts. There's some really good actors in there, but it doesn't mean shit because they both look like ideas that could possibly be a hundred out of a hundred or straight to video. Um, so I'm really interested to see how well they've executed the concepts that they're trying to put forth to make you watch these movies. But having said that, this looks good. This looks interesting. And I, I hope there is more comedic element to it. And they kind of showed some of that by, Craig Robinson lifting his arm up and getting mimed by her and having to shoot the gun and being scared. So I think I'm actually going to watch this one. Do you have Paramount Plus, Tony? And if not, is this a movie that would convince you to actually get it? I mean, I got it for I Halo. Par- I got it for I Halo. Par- so I do have Paramount Plus. There's not many a streaming service I have. I don't have. This- I did recently get rid of Apple TV because I don't watch it. Really? Ted Lasso? I I, well, when that comes back, maybe I'll You'll get it back. I don't know. Ray, your thoughts on uh, on this uh, first trailer for what I freaking zoned out? Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. What did you uh, What do you think of this one? Is this one uh, in your going to be in your watch list at the end of September? Absolutely, it looks really fun. It looks really quirky, really interesting. Um, Ray, I compared it to. Uh, I know you had to, you took a call and Ray wouldn't listen to the last. Ray, tape, hold on. I compared hold it on, to. Uh, hold on, Tony. Ray, were you on the phone with Universal begging them to take the Hulk rights back? Is that what you were doing? I can not, I can neither confirm nor deny. That's fair. I would like to see a World War Ray movie. You would want to see someone Hulk out. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till wait till World War Hulk comes out. I said I uh I, I said Craig Robinson does a lot for me being in here and I hope we get a good comedic element from him. But I also said this is Kimiko breaking out of this of where she was captured by and not hooking up with the boys. She broke out on her own. <laughs> I was gonna say, because look. I have in no in no sense of the word or no way possible do I am I or do I try to do I consider myself or try to even give the possibility of someone who thinks that people of certain nationalities look alike. But she really is playing the role of Karen Fukuhara fantastically as Kamiko. Like it looks so much like that. Um also Craig Robinson, anything he does, he's one of the gems of Hollywood. That's the my part. Point. 
<laughs> the part where they were doing the mime. There's something he said in the in the um, trailer that made me think that he's not doing that on purpose. Is that he said, "Don't look in her eyes." So she's got to have some type of power to where she can make him do that. Um, I'm thinking, uh, which gives the extra added. Oh no! Oh yeah, of, because when she, to it. when when she's making him do that, she goes, "What makes you think you're in charge?" Yeah, 100. percent The interesting thing is though. I think what'll make the movie is the dynamic between her and the stripper and the stripper's son. That should be probably fun too. But it looks those type of movies that like I would never spend a dime for regularly, but if it was on TV, I'd watch and I'd love and then end up buying it anyway. So yeah, I will definitely be watching and I do subscribe to Paramount Plus. Nice. So we will all be able to uh watch this when it comes out. It does look like a really Cool concept, a really cool movie. I think Tony's description of what would happen if Kimiko had uh, broken out and not hooked up with the boys. Okay, you can see some of that going on here. So it, it looks like a very, very, uh, yeah, definitely one worth checking out. The other one is a trailer for a movie coming out around November. I'm guessing around Thanksgiving is would seem to be the logical place to drop this one. It's called Slumberland with Jason Momoa, which looks like another really fun, heavily heavily fantasy-based movie about this land of dreams. It makes you wonder, will Morpheus and Sandman show up in there? Um, which would be a nice kind of Easter egg, but it's not going to happen. But uh, at the same time, yeah, you've got Jason Momoa um, kind of taking this uh, kid along on these adventures in this dreamscape. And I, I I thought, you know, I had not heard of this thing. I think I'll give credit. Aesop, I think, was the one who shared uh shared the trailer with us. Uh, Ray, I'll turn it over to you first. Slumberland looks like a really fun, kind of different Jason Momoa and a bit of a, you know, he's not known for his light roles. That's for damn sure. This one looks like it might be one of his lightest roles yet. So interesting. Polynesian Willy Wonka in the dream world. Dude, that's, that's, that's it, man. That is exactly what I was thinking. Jason Momoa grew up loving Charlie Chocolate Factory. And this is the closest role he could get. I will. I, I I don't have anything to say about the movie. It's a it's gonna be big. It's a big budget movie. Clearly, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna watch it. It'll be fun. Me and the kids will probably catch it. The only thing I want to say about the movie though is, I am so hyped that people are taking Jason Momoa seriously as a serious actor and giving him real roles because he was typecast so long as just the Kyle Drogo, just a big motherfucker. But like he can Aquaman. act. Dune, Dune showed that he has the chops. He can act. He doesn't and need so, facial hair to pull it off. He either. does, right? Don't he didn't need, now this isn't one of them this doesn't seem like one of those Oscar-esque acting movies, but I mean look who's played Char the Johnny Depp. Uh what's your boy? Um Gene Wilder. Tom Hanks has done some some well, of course old school, OG. But Tom Hanks has done some of this mystical stuff. This may be the thing that makes people realize, you know, he's a super duper star. I don't know. Tony. And yes, I do subscribe to Netflix. Is it a Netflix or is it going to be in the theaters? It looks like a Netflix. It's a Netflix. Movie. Okay, it's probably both. Netflix, you know, they're so... Netflix movies in theaters now. I I would go see this in 3D in the theater. Only 3D. That's huh? Only 3D. Yeah, so probably the only way I would watch it. I'm probably not going to watch it. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm such a big fan of 3D, and every time I look at a movie preview, I'm like. Either it either it speaks to me in 3D or it doesn't. And I mean, come on, guys, you watch the preview to this. This obviously is something that's IMAX 3D is just going to be absolutely. It like I said before with 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 um, the Blood Moon movie, 
it's a great idea. How good is the execution going to be? Yeah, it looks like uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I, I do like the the um, analogy to uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka, that sort of thing. It's got that sort of maybe a little never-ending story. A little bit of like, you, um, you know, Great uh, movie. yeah, I mean, it, it's got some, it, you feel some of those elements and it's kind of wrapped around. Um, what's the one with the, the dream movie of Leonardo DiCaprio? Which one was that? Inception. Yeah. Inception. There seems to have a little bit of an Inception kind of vibe going on because it's so dream based, but not really. Maybe that's something just that I just kind of picked up on, but it looks like a fun movie. And, and I agree with you, Ray. It's good to see Jason Momoa get some critical acclaim, uh, put him in a different kind of role. Like I said, he, we're not used to seeing him. I mean, even Dune, as great as he was in that, that's not a lighthearted role. That was uh, that was very very serious. Are you so. doing? He he. To to be fair though, he was the heart of the movie. Dune, I think. Yeah, I I, I could I could. And Oscar Isaac to a certain extent, but like he was the heart of the movie to me. Yeah, I I don't I don't have a real issue with that that statement. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens around November when this one comes out. It looks like it's going to be very good. I, I did. I, I wanted to give a shout out. There was another trailer that not on our list, but the uh, they're doing a documentary on Obi Wan Kenobi, kind of a behind the scenes sort of thing. That looked really, really good. I, I, I forgot to add that one on here. We'll see what happens with that. But of course, the big trailer that came out this week, two and a half minutes, Lord of the Rings. The Rings of Power. Tony's checking out right now because we know how he loves Lord of the Rings. Ray's going to sleep as well. Am I the only one here who appreciates Lord of the Rings, Ray? So look, there's Hulk versus we could do. There's Hulk Immortal that we could do. There's the Gray Hulk. <laughs> I watched. I watched the trailer. You know, I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. Hulk of the um, Rings. Hulk of let hey where's a uh, where's Gandalf one Hulk to rule them all there you go there's your there's your neuromedium match right there send send Hulk send Hulk bitch ass over to fucking Middle Earth and let him take that shit over instead of Sakar I'm with that that would be fun turn Hulk loose don't, in Middle Earth man that would be some crazy shit don't gotta see that and who's a better archer Legolas or Hawkeye Hawkeye I'd say Hawkeye listen. I got to tell you guys, I just had a great idea with us doing the Nerdomania stuff is that I think DP and I could uh, steal a lot of ideas from some of these cards and some of the Lego stop animation we're going to be doing here in the next year or so. Ooh, all right. I'm, I'm with it. I'm down Might with be that. able to actually execute some of these matches or storylines um, as you all come in to direct your own episodes. I'm there. I'm there. But. So- so let me do this. Go ahead. Are you going to say something about Lord of the Rings or is it more Hulk shit? I, I really am. All I right. really am. So All right. I'm, I'm going to try to do something hostly. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Say. Locks and keys. I could go on that drive. But no, I want to be legitimate because I know Lord of the Rings is huge. Millions and millions and millions of people love it. Dave, particularly, you love it. Tony and I may not be in, but I want to hand it to you. What did you think of it? Yeah, there's a lot going on in this trailer. I, I will say, and I think I posted it out to you, Ray, after it came out, that uh, it's already being review bombed. The fucking show hasn't even come. These guys are review bombing a trailer because Lord of the Rings fans have just come out in mass and they don't like it because it's not. This is deviating from the Silmarillion and all that kind of shit. It's like, God, Jesus, you know, we haven't even we haven't even seen the first episode and people are shitting all over this thing because it's not my Lord of the Rings Look, I thought it was very good. I think there's a lot going on. You can see kind of the different races are all being uh, represented in some respect. Galadriel is clearly the focus of this whole thing, and I'm fine with that, you know, to tell that kind of story. 
you it, it it just it looks like it's it's I mean, I'll say this, the production values are off the chart. This is a you can tell this is a big 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 budget sort of series. You know, this is not one of these things people complain about the CGI and She-Hulk even to this day. You can tell from just from this is like they have spent a shit ton of money. Amazon has to make this look you know, a lot of the stuff like Patrick had complained about Wheel of Time and some of the special effects and that another really big budget prime project. I don't think you're going to have any of those complaints with Lord of the Rings. They look like they have opened up the bank vault on this. Uh, if you know, if they can capture the big thing for me is you see elements of it in this trailer. If they can capture the magic in the and what made the original trilogy so awesome and translate that to a episodic series. I think this show is going to really, really, really be awesome. So I'm encouraged. I like the trailer. We'll see. I'm not going to prejudge anything off of a two and a half minute trailer. That's for sure. Forgive my ignorance. Because again, I'm sure I've seen one, if not multiple, but I don't remember it. What was the magic the that magic? made them? So you said if they could cap, if they could revisit or relive some of the magic well, from I, the original I, I, three. I mean, the mad. What you mean, like the what made the movie so magical, or, or yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It just like be, I think part of the problem or part of the thing was it was like turning that book into a movie was looked upon as an impossible task for so long. You know, they tried it with an okay. animated thing, and it was pretty good, but not great. And I think the fact was that this is one of the most beloved stories. In the history of, of mankind, anything that's, I mean, it is the fantasy story. There is no other story that matches it as far as, fan, you could throw anything you want, Chronicles of Narnia, whatever you want to throw against Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings is the story. And there was so much doubt that you could actually bring that world to life, that to see it actually brought to life and see it done as well as Peter Jackson did it, created something that you just exceeded when you get something that exceeds expectations so massively that's where you get those kind of moments and the, the magic about that original trilogy that the hobbit series tried to match it but it just didn't have its heart and if this one can match that and, and and replicate some of what made those stories so good this has a shot at being a really really tremendous series so it sounds like to me from the outside looking in because we have spoken ad nauseum in the pub uh, privately between me and you and on the show about the kind of some of the pitfalls and the the criticisms of page four. It sounds to me like we, the same thing that helped the MCU at the beginning is the same thing that helped the Lord of the Rings trilogy at the beginning, which is the lack of expectations. Nobody expected that they could do it to the level that they did. Now we have expectations. We've had. 20 some odd movies of MCU, every single one of them being fantastic, except for Thor The Dark World. We've had three Lord of the Rings movies, and two of them won Oscars, and one of them is considered the best movie maybe ever. Like, so could that lead to, I know you've said it's been review bombed, but could that lead to there being a letdown of sorts? With yeah, absolutely. I, I think comparing Lord of the Rings to the MCU is a little of an apples and oranges sort of thing just because sure, sure. Lord of the Rings was based on this massively deep uh, book and, and the MCU was based loosely on some ideas from some comics that we wanted to turn into some coherent storyline that evolved over the years, I think. You know, you gotta say. So, yeah, yeah but I definitely think that their, their expectations could be very high and they could go unrealized, that's for sure. 
There are people who are not going to like the story that's being told. Wheel of Time had the same problem. I liked Wheel of Time a lot. I thought it was a really good show. Uh, you know, issues with special effects here and there, notwithstanding, I, I really liked it. People, a lot of the heart, like my nephews, the biggest Wheel of Time fan. I had no idea what the show was until he got me into it. Um, he was very mixed on it because they deviated from the storyline. And, you know, it's okay. Sometimes you got to do that. You got to, you got, I think the biggest problem that we've got with a lot of the stuff that we love right now, Ray and Tony, I'm sure you'd agree, is you've got a segment of people who say, and I love Aesop to death. I know he's got the same complaint in a few places about some of the stuff that we've seen where they've got the source material and then they're doing these shows that deviate from that. And I think we're at the point now where it's clear you've got to accept that there are different distinct properties that you're dealing with you've got the stuff in the comics and that's fine and that's great and that's there then you got the stuff that they're bringing on screen which is loosely based on these things from the comics but if they want to deviate let them tell the story that they're going to tell before you prejudge it and there's way too much just prejudging going on of things well this isn't the story that i'm used to doesn't make it bad just makes it different everything can't be from the comics can't be put on screen Daredevil slightly did Born Again. I know they're doing a Born Again. Okay, whatever. but that's a great example. If you think that Born Again is going to mimic what was in the comics, it's not. That's what I'm saying. If, if uh, Karen Page goes through what she went through in the comics on TV, they'd shut it down. Wouldn't be allowed. Didn't she kind of go through that on the series already? Sort of? No, she didn't. She didn't, she didn't run into prostitution okay. and was on the No, like all that's in the comics. You know what I'm saying the only the only bad thing that happened to her was she took um the the writer's spot and became the writer okay. the the journalist but nothing bad happened to her other than Daredevil not Daredevil um Bullseye trying to kill her because he knew she had a link to Daredevil but anyway I'm sorry I just was curious it's funny but it's funny though uh hindsight's 2020 because if you look at it like for Age of Ultron was almost critically panned. And now, 10 years later, people are real, with the MCU as almost every movie in the past seven or or show has referred to it in some form or fashion. And people are going back and like, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. In time, I feel like people will go back and be like, you know what? It wasn't as bad as it was. We and thought Age of Ultron is a really good example, Ray, because the Marvel couldn't tell, even assuming they wanted to tell the Age of Ultron story that we all wanted them to tell, they couldn't. Because they didn't have the rights to all those characters. So they told a yep. different story that, yes, you know, when you look at it in the grand scheme of the first three phases, you're like, it's kind of like the, the the redheaded stepchild of this whole thing. It's like, why did we insert this great character for one movie just to bring the Avengers back together? And it really didn't. I say it doesn't matter, but it does because you got the creation of Vision and the Mind Stone and that sort of thing. But yeah, I I, th I feel you. And I think, you know, there's a lot of places we're going to go back and and look at some of this stuff and say, oh, I get it. You know, and now it makes sense why they did it that way. It's, it's so important. It's the first time we find out about the Infinity Stones. It's the first time uh, that uh, we really see, if you don't count a post-credit scene, uh, Wanda and Pietro. It's the first time you really realize that Hydra is done-done. Like, uh, it's it's such, it's so important. And it's you. It's the beginning. It's the the beginning of the new Avengers, right? It's it's so it's a majorly important movie. 
And but I'm I'm done. I'll shut up. No, I'm, no, I'm I, I think I'm done too. And we know Tony doesn't care about Lord of the Rings. Although I wish to God I could convince him to check it out. I, I wish you could, Tony. You wouldn't even have to watch. Okay, but this is this is different. This isn't a three and a half. Tony's telling me he tried no, three I times. Said I tried three. Times. I know you tried three times. You fell asleep every time. These are be shorter. You can make through forty five minutes to an hour, Tony. Come on, got to give it a shot. Yeah, if you could, if you could take me back to the actual time in which the Lord of the Rings trilogy came out and try to convince me to watch this, it's a possibility because there was a lot less out there to consume. But there's no way in fucking hell that this is ever coming up on my radar with the infinitesimal amount of content being able to could be consumed on streaming right now. I wish this, I, I hope though that this is all that you want it to be, Dave, because you are, you are, you're my best friend. Wow. Speaking of, and speaking of infinitesimal content, go to the chair We have news reviews and all the other types of content that you can get podcasts, such as this one, such as the DWI podcast, such as the, well, maybe soon to return the Outsider's Edge. Who knows? Possibly. Maybe, maybe the return of the return total of package. You never the know. total package. Maybe, I think maybe that's a new t-shirt. That's the new t-shirt, right? And I think someone else has a has a, a trademark on that. But speaking of t-shirts, yeah. head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick yourself up a chair shot t-shirt. Plenty of variety there for you to be the hit of any place you go. That's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick it up in soft style. Makes a great gift as well. It's so great when I don't even have to cue these guys to do the commercial, be leading into the commercial. You guys are awesome. I'm just saying, man, you're World War Ray, notwithstanding, which probably is the title of this episode, World War Ray. But anyway, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And oh, you are so listening. You made my day. I'm here for you, buddy. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds right here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, guys, it is time for some news around the Nerdosphere. And, of course, a new segment that the show that we kind of started last week that I'm kind of hoping that Patrick rolls with this thing because it is time, Ray, for this week's edition of the WB WB Sucks. Why do they suck so bad? (laughs) Because they make stupid decisions. I mean, when when you're when you're doing this dumb shit like they're doing, it it makes it it make yeah. I mean, the suckage factor goes up. So, yeah, it seems like not a week goes by, and I I mean, I think we're kind of tracking this. Ray PC knows it as well. That you know, you look at the going to the week with all this optimism and high hopes that the WB won't be, do something stupid, and about Monday afternoon, that's all gone. You know, <laughs> so what do you got, Ray Tony? You got the echo mic? Is that it? Go for it. The WB sucks. That's awesome. 
All right. Now, hopefully, Tony hasn't muted himself like the last time he used the Echo mic. <laughs> and he can't get him back. So, um, so this week, we got news. First off, and this kind of led to a, an interesting uh, side sort of article that I just kind of found today. <laughs> raises some interesting possibilities. But we got the news that Batman, Cape Crusader, the who is it? Isn't Bruce Tim? Isn't that who did this show, Ray? If I'm remembering this correctly, it's a Bruce Tim. Yeah. 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 Uh so the Cape Crusader, the Batman animated series, got the axe from HBO Max. They are not going forward with this baby. Um, it's not all hope is not lost because multiple outlets, Netflix, Apple, Hulu, have all kind of chimed in saying that they might want to pick up the uh the fumble here and run with this bad boy. Uh, one of the more interesting things that I posted before I turn it over to you guys, Kevin Smith kind of, you know, I love Kevin Smith for stoking the fires of, uh, of optimism and craziness saying, Hey, what if Disney plus decided to take Batman Cape crusader and threw it out there? Kevin Smith saying the best way to, for Marvel to own DC is to own DC. <laughs> so I was like, I stopped for a second. I said, that's very interesting. You're at first, I'll turn it over to PC Tunney first. Your thoughts on Batman, Cape Crusader getting another casualty of the Warner Brothers Discovery clusterfuck. And, you know, should Disney really seriously consider acquiring a Batman franchise? Why the hell not? And throw it out there. What do you think, man? Um, I'm just looking back in our notes here. Apple TV... Hulu and Netflix are all highly interested as well, aren't yes. they? Yeah. And Hulu, so I, I, Hulu is owned by Disney, so that kind of is a thin <laughs> separating line there. So, but Apple TV and Netflix seem more likely to jump into the DC pool with whoever else, maybe. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't really care where it goes. As long as great content is being put out and there's an avenue to consume it and it's not being disrupted by petty quarrels between entities, I'm fine with that. I don't see that being the case, though, with Disney. It seems more like a stick it to you kind of thing. Um, you know, if I was Disney, I would just focus on what you're doing right now. you got enough on your plate with Star Wars and Marvel. I get Batman is huge. It's bigger than anything you have in Marvel. But nonetheless, I don't think that that's there. They're not helping their cause, I don't think, by doing this. That's my opinion. That's just my opinion. Ray, should should Disney take like the AEW approach here and buy all these cast offs to not only I mean for this, it makes okay, so look, does does it buy make all sense? The cast offs. Is Disney coming I mean well look, Zazlab yeah, to look, get all the let's HBO be honest drop shows? Comparing Batman to Adam Cole is like comparing gold to fucking pyrite, you know, that sort of thing. But um Goddamn. i know Goddamn. i'm going i i went there folks i went baby. there baby baby sorry adam i love you but you ain't batman so i'm you're just gonna six go three, there. bitch yeah you're not you're not the dark knight <laughs> let's be honest uh <laughs> six three ray i guess the question <laughs> the question for you is I love, I love when they hit harder like five seconds later like you get the first laugh and then five seconds later they're like six three World War Ray. That should be your new fucking handle for the next until World War Hulk comes out. It should just be World War Ray. So let me okay. pose this. Tunny says Tunny says that DC should just or Disney should just focus on what they've got. Star Wars, Marvel, the animated stuff. Should they be taking a look at acquiring something like a Batman at this point? I mean, you know, would they would that be smart business on their part? Well well, I think 
first and foremost, let's speak. Let's talk about what's most likely. I think more than likely is, and most likely actually, is going to probably be Netflix or Apple TV because we are shopping not the rights to Batman, not the rights to Batman the character, but just the actual series, Batman the Cape Crusader. So it's more likely they'll get it. But wait, wait a minute, wait. Oh my, oh my God, that's Kevin Feige's music playing. That's Kevin Feige's music playing. <laughs> Kevin Feige's coming to the. I was gonna say Impact Zone, but to the arena. Um, should they? No. Could they? Sure. Would it be a stroke of hilarity? Yes. Will they? No. That's the most no. important question to answer. No, because that Feige doesn't Re- care. The rest of it, it's all conjecture in here. Yeah, it, no, it doesn't. They, 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 they wouldn't do this because I know. So I know people want to believe that uh, Marvel and DC are like Bloods and Crips and like it's fighting they're on not, site. They're not. They actually get along really well. <laughs> So they would never do Colin this. transfers back and forth. Like it's like the territory days back in ro- wrestling. It's just, yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a few of your writers. You can take a few of ours and it's all good. Yeah. There's no true animosity. It's not, you know, nobody's tampering with contracts over there. So you you bring up a good point um, on that. However, though, the rivalry between Disney and Netflix, that's a little different story though. That's true. Which is why, Disney Plus, I don't think Disney Plus would ever get it for their platform. But Disney would get it for Hulu, sure, because you can watch, still watch Batman movies on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Mask of the Phantasm, I think, is still on Hulu. Like, you can still watch some Batman stuff because Hulu, while it's owned by Disney, is its own self-governing uh, entity, so to speak, right? Um, but I think it's, it's more likeliness is that it ends up on Apple TV or Netflix. It just makes more sense for those platforms. Yep. Buy a car as a tank again, and after that runs out, you can't put any more gas in it. Why would you buy that car? Because when you flip that shit for about three thousand for for thirty thousand dollars, when you bought it for twelve, you got a good ass profit. See, the thing is, the thing is, yeah, but again, it, we're just talking that, about we're talking about a Mercedes show. dealer's interest in it, though. Not like like what do they care about a Toyota Corolla that you can't put more any more gas in it when it's done. So okay, we're talking so. If they were to buy the rights to the show, and let's just assume it's one season, one season, 10 episodes, just assumptions here. I get, the, I get the profitability point of it, and I get the stick intuitiveness, but why waste your, why waste your uh, time in that space when it could be better used somewhere else? Is my the show's already going to be finished by the time it's going to sell. All they got to do is put it on the platform and make money, and it's going to be selling low because everybody knows they got to get rid of it. What's the downside? I, now, if they if they sold the idea and Marvel had to develop it, had to cast for it, had to produce it, yes, the show's going to be done by the time they sell it. Why not? It's an interesting concept, man. It just seems like we're musky fishing, and all of a sudden you want to go catch a minnow. Look, man. If okay, <laughs> right now, right now, Tony, right. We're now, not going to change each other's mind. No, we're not. But I'm just saying, legitimately, right now, if you walked outside. And there was a brand new box of uh, a 70 inch TV sitting outside in your yard. And it's a, it's a note on it that says, it's yours. You're going to sit there and just let it stay outside. Or you're going to bring it in the house and use it. That's completely different to the. No, it's point not. That it's I the mean. same thing. It's not. You don't want it to be the same. 
No, because I can continue thinking, to use that TV until over and over and over and, and you over can again. Have and, I, and I can Batman the Cape of Crusader forever and ever and ever. And you can use that it's series like forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. But you can but you can only watch the WB on it now. You're so obsessed with it's the word Batman. That was really no. great, but not anymore. You're obsessed with the word Batman. We're not talking about the character. We're talking about a series. I understand. Okay, so the series will be watched for the rest of eternity. They'll make money off the series for the next 40 years. Tony's making you to be Chris Platt this week, Ray. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. So, But he's, but he's acting like, okay, some people are going to watch it for six months. I'll never watch it again. They're going to watch it forever. Interesting. We'll see where this show ends up. It, it's, it's certainly a feather in the cap of anybody who's going to take it and run with it. But I, I tend to agree with you guys. I could see it being Netflix. I could see it being Apple TV. Hulu, Dark Horse, I'd say at this point. But you never know. Um, speaking of DC though, and what's going on over there with the, the clusterfuck, let me flip this around a little bit before we get to the maybe <laughs> promising story, but we got news that, uh, two big time DC movies are getting delayed. Uh, Shazam two getting pushed to 2023 Aquaman two, who the hell knows when that's coming out, but that's getting pushed back as well. The disturbing thing about this article is that there's belief that DC only has the money WB DC only has the money to release two of these big budget movies this year. Uh, Black Adam has to come out because if they delayed that, I think personally, I think Dwayne Johnson would go down to David Zasloff's office, rock bottom him on the floor, hit him with the people's elbow and say, I fucking quit. So I think they probably were like, okay, we can't do that to Black Adam. We're too heavily invested. The other movie, I don't remember what it is called, um, what it is, but the fact is, and the fact that Warner Brothers Discovery only has the money to release two movies this year and has to push the other ones into another fiscal year entirely. What a clusterfuck. Ray, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Uh, your thoughts on another just piss poor financial management by whatever is going on over at WB Discovery. And now some stuff's getting delayed, man. Uh, so my my I have one question. I understand mergers and the thought process behind them. It opens up a bigger world for you. It opens up a bigger opportunity for you in markets and in, and and in, and then uh, ideas in places you never were. Cool, whatever. Market your market share grows. I feel you. I got it. But in this situation where cost cutting is essentially so bad that you possibly can only release two big budget films a year, especially considering this year, my question to you is. How did you intend to still make money? That's, that's my question to you. Because the what the you're you're going you're gonna make operating costs by just the shit you already have on HBO Max, the things that already are released. Because you can go, I can go back and watch HBO Max and go see this anytime I want. And go back and do whatever. Cool. It's the new shit that comes out that puts you over the top. Black Adam's gonna make five hundred million, if not more. It's going to just because the rock is starring in it, right? But Aquaman's one, another discussion because it's not finished yet. Okay, whatever. Shazam is essentially finished. It's finished enough that you've released multiple trailers of it to come out this year. Just released one at Comic Con and, and touted brand new out of nowhere. You release this trailer, say it's coming out, and then what? Two weeks later, oh, we're gonna delay it. That, that, so that's what it I'm makes saying. You like, look so bad. It does. And that's why I'm asking the question, how do they intend to make profit? I'm really curious because it ain't going to be all stocks. 
how they intend to make profit, they keep undercutting the main moneymaker of their company. I am blown away. I, it doesn't make any sense. And this is Aquaman's third time being moved. Third time. And you can make every excuse in the book. You can make the excuses that this is, you can blame a lot of this on, um, what's the girl, Amber Heard, and maybe having to recast her. You can make the excuses in, we're redoing the DC Universe, we want to still do this movie. Whatever you want to do, cool. But it, it's starting to show the ineptitude of the company, the ineptitude of the planning, and the ineptitude of the business model. If nothing else, get, like, I'm, we, the bat, we've argued the Batman thing, the uh, Batgirl thing ad nauseum. But make some money. How are you going to make profit if you are not going to sell the goods? I don't understand. I don't understand it. We've uh, we've triggered Ray this week, Tony. I, I will say that, and I mean it is it is nice. Well, well, Tony always triggers me. He knows that's why he <laughs> likes working with me. Tony, your thoughts? I mean, Ray raises some great points. How do you make money? Uh, is this really just the latest in a, in a disturbing series of disclosures that makes you realize just how inept? This massive company was, and it, disturbing to say the least. The Flash is the other one that's coming out this year. Maybe we'll see. I don't really think I need to comment on this. It all speaks for itself, Dave. You, by in asking me the question there, you pretty much summed it all up. Um, I agree with a lot of what Ray just said as well. It's just we're just in a shitty place as far as DC goes, and we need to turn that corner for them to start doing. Something to the effect of what Marvel does, is, and and I don't just mean uh, uh, all-encompassing, you know, one continuous storyline, you know, branched out throughout different variations of media, but I mean not sucking. <laughs> can A we, plan, at least, can right? we please not suck? Um, like the only the only thing that that DC has really done in the last however amount of time that is universally agreed upon that is very good is. The Flash series on WB. No, Wonder like, Woman. No one, yeah, Wonder Woman and uh, Batman, I'd say. Oh, well, I'll give you Wonder... Uh, well, not all the Wonder Woman movies, though. No, not all the, the Batman one. movies. Well, I'm just talking about the first movie and the fact that they're the first people to I'll put out that. a female-led yeah. superhero movie. I'll give movie. you that and the yeah. Batman, but but I mean, you know... I feel you, in general, it's, it's, not, been, a it's been bad. It's yeah. not a lot. It's not a lot. Yeah, And that, that's recent. You know, that's yeah. not... Yeah, you know, so... Those are the three. That's it, really. The, the only good thing about DC, like you said... I mean, said, you could is, argue the Snyderverse version of Batman a lot of us liked. I liked it. I really I, did. I did, too. The only thing that I think that they really... They really died out the park. I, 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 is... Well, that's... Well, the, yeah. But the uh, main thing is the Arrowverse on TV and their animation. Their animation continues to be out of this world. Right. Right. And, and then that, that's, Wonder Woman. Right. And that's a different... I mean, that's a entirely different That's conversation different to have some, yeah, I mean, yeah. their animation is, is on a different level, but you know, as bad as things are, here's maybe, 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 maybe a little bit of a silver lining that we've heard for weeks. Now, DC was looking to find its own version of Kevin Feige. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Patrick and I had speculated that the guy who, uh, Tony, I forget his name, but the guy who was basically in charge of the Arrowverse and was able to bring multiple continuities together in these big crossover events greg bernthal i, I don't know if that's his name or, or greg Berenthal. yeah greg Berenthal, yes. which i thought would be a great idea uh to have him involved because it's like man juggling a continuity is difficult at least get somebody with experience now we've got word that they may have found their own version of kevin feige and it's dan lynn the lego movie and the it producer uh do you guys have 
his, I'm like looking at this thing. I've never heard of this guy. Not that you know you, he was a household name. Lynn's producer credits include four Lego movies. Okay, both It movies. Okay, multiple Disney projects, including the live action Aladdin, Godzilla versus Kong, Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies, and Netflix's The Two Popes. Um, does the, anything I just said instill you with a lot of confidence that this guy can bring this? absolute clusterfuck shit show that dc has turned into into something coherent that's going to make make money like what ray says makes sense like all the fans want tunny are you familiar with dan lynn and and if so how do you feel about this being the possibility i don't i don't know that it's going to matter until it matters which means i don't know that it's going to matter until someone steps up and starts to have success so whether it's uh, Dan Lynn, Dan Kim, Kevin Feige, or Brevin Feige. DPP, I don't think we're going to really... He's got too much going on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I kid. Uh, I just think... I, I hope so. I, all you can do is hope, right? And there's been so many qualified people to come along and do different things for DC, but it's just like... I Wake me up when we're there. Tony uses a good word there, right? Hope, which of course is synonymous with Superman. Is this any news? Is this news? Sorry, I know how you love it. I'm triggering you now too. But <laughs> Dan Lin, is this any reason to give you hope that this guy can pull this mess together? So let's 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 look at it this way. Before the MCU, did anybody know who Kevin Feige was? No, good point. So I don't think the person matters as much as someone committed and and with with a good uh, uh, with consistency and and cares about the product and you have to stick with them now in terms of the dude every one of those movies i've seen except for the netflix the two, two popes and i've heard that the movie was fantastic i've never seen it but i've heard it's good so i i think he has the chops from a from a production standpoint to prove that at least He's leading movies that have been critically acclaimed. But all it doesn't matter if it's him, if it's me, if it's you, if it's Tunny, if anybody. It's just they need somebody to hold the role for longer than two and a half years. Stick with it. Have a plan. Don't deviate from that plan. And most importantly, something DC and Warner Brothers doesn't seem to want to do. Keep the money going. Yeah, he's got, uh, I mean, if the, he is the guy being tagged... Um... Boy, that's an important Ooh. job. But but I, I, you like you said, Ray, and I said this, and it's funny you said this because I said this to somebody else in the article. It's like, I've never heard of this guy, and like I haven't heard of him either. But again, yeah, Kevin Feige, household name now, 2008. Who? It'd be like the Ravager, that me, that give there. Who? <laughs> From Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? Uh, I, I, DC, I, DC is such a bad state. They like, they like, man, two movies away from doing open casting calls for like superheroes. Like it's it's getting bad, bro. Like, well, you can't release a movie that's already done. What? Yeah, we don't have the money to release this movie that's already done. Wait, what? what it's done. What other money are you gonna spend? Well, there's marketing. There's this. We got to pay the cinemas, and it's just easier to eat this ninety million dollar loss and write it off. Man. It's pretty bad. Pretty Please, bad, man. Hopefully, put that some bitch out. Get the money recouped, Shit, and then I, I we read, release that motherfucker. I read something this week that they've deleted all the footage. It's like you guys deleted the entirety of this movie. You didn't keep any aspect of it. That I see, I don't buy that because they, they got to remember this is the same company that told us for years the Snyder Cut didn't fucking exist when it did. Ooh, good point. So, good point. 
You know, I, I don't trust these guys as far as I can fucking throw them. They have no goodwill with with the nerd community right now. And that, that's a big problem when you're the second largest or arguably when you're talking comics, it's one A and one B and people don't I, trust I, you. I know we got a couple more topics to go, but I have one question for y'all. And I don't want you to answer this from a from from a personal standpoint. I want you to answer this from a legitimately can you see a perspective with all that's going on. With Warner Brothers Discovery, could you see them selling off the DC brand? Yep. Recouping sure. funds and just sure. selling it for like $5 billion to... Disney? Apple, well, <laughs> won't go. Yeah. To Apple, maybe, or to Amazon or something like that. You guys laugh at that, man, but Disney Disney is a smart business, and if they see, hey, they we, can, we can take this and make money with this, we got a, a built-in fan base, rabid, well, t- passionate t- fan t- base. Why wouldn't you... Think about that at least. Tony is the biggest proponent of the one thing that I can never argue with him on. No matter how big Marvel is as an entity, no matter how flawlessly they've ran this business, the three biggest superheroes in the world still are and probably forever will be Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. So just off top, they are already killing it if they were to get it. I mean, all all the proof you needed that was in the Eternals where Superman and Batman are mentioned by name in the movie. That's yep. that's all the proof you need. But point. anyway, let's let's venture out. Let's talk about it. Go ahead, Tony. You got something to say. Come on. It's the same argument we we're having before. <laughs> it's the same argument we we're having before with about Disney taking over the that Batman show is like I have this wildly successful business and I'm dominating it. And now I want to take a lot of my attention away from that to bring Take over a competitor and bring that up to speed with I, it. I, Hire more people, Tony. Wait Good a second. God. Wait a it's second. Like the same didn't didn't Vince Christ. McMahon do the exact same thing in 2001? Yeah, we're a taco place, pal, but we don't want to make burritos. Yeah. Oh, bitch, make burritos and get no, more money. I, I mean, I, I think, like, Tony, I, I buy what you're the saying problem as is, far is, as. Here's the problem. Here's the problem, Dave. Here's the problem. You got the companies mixed up with the owners. I will say this. If you're talking the rights to Cape Crusader, I see your point, and I think it's a very valid point. If you're telling me DC has a shot at acquiring DC totally, that's a little different argument because that, yeah. that's a moneymaker if it's done right. I don't see it happening. Okay. I don't either, but oh, no, I'm just saying. I, I don't see it happening. I, I can with... see why it makes sense for them to at least, if the opportunity comes up to think about it, sure. I could see that. Um, Let's talk about some of these last few news items before we uh, cut out of here this week. Let's see. The first one, um, Avatar got pulled from Disney Plus in advance of it. Uh, Avatar Way. What is the sequel called? Way of Water or something like that? Is that is that mm-hmm. the second one? So they pulled the original off Disney Plus. They are going to return it. They're putting it back in the theaters. Um, so I wanted to I pose a question to you guys. Is this a cash grab or smart marketing? Tony, what do you think it, about this it, thing? This is what Disney does. Look at all the animated movies. They, they get it now because it's going in the vault for forty years, and then a whole new. Uh, it's just smart business. Ray, what do so you you're, think? You're a lawyer, Dave. You want to know what the legal terminology for a cash grab is? What's that? Smart marketing. <laughs> maybe, maybe I've I've created a distinction without a difference. Is that what you're saying, Ray? I think that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I, 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 at first I said, ah, it's just a blatant cash grab, but it is smart on them. Let's let's pull this out for a little while. Let's put 
I mean, put it back in the theaters where maybe you missed it the first time. Uh, you know, this is one of the, this is the movie. Tony loves to talk about 3D. This is the movie you have to see in 3D because it makes all the yeah, difference the, in the world. The trailer for the, the second Avatar movie was spectacular. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, at this point, is there any sort of 3D groundbreaking technology out there that's going to that's gonna make, you know, maybe they added something. Maybe they added some elements to the first Avatar to, to, to make it a little bit differently. I, I'm cool with it. I don't, this is, see, it's one I've seen so many times. It's like, no, I'm not. I saw it in 3D in the movies. I've seen it 20 times since then. I have no desire to go to the movies, spend money to see that again. Maybe if you, now I'll tell you this. If they do something like where they are saying, we're going to do a double feature, first avatar second then you got me then i would go and spend you know five hours you know as long as i got a decent intermission and some alcohol in between i'd be there but just to go to the movies just to see the original avatar on its own no you guys gonna are you guys planning to go see this in the movies when it comes back out ray i never saw the first time i've never seen the movie well, you need to go and check it out then i mean they, that just you, you you're disqualified tony Be- uh because I'm, I'm a good. reviewer now, I'm going to watch it eventually because i got to watch Way of the Water, so we'll see. Tony, would you go back to the movies to see the first Avatar or seen it enough? No. Yeah. I will say this. my kid, But when the first came out, my, either I didn't have kids or they were too young. This could be what something if it's to see like with a, What if it's double feature with Fern Gully? Oh, I'm in there. I'm in that thing. Dude, oh, triple, yeah. triple feature. Fern Gully, Avatar 1, Avatar 2. We'll see Ray I mean, in twelve you hours. Avatar, you got to break up the first and first and second Avatar with Fern Gully in the middle. Ooh, there you go. I'm in. I'm bringing the tent. I'm camping out, baby. I'm there. <laughs> uh, we got some. Uh, we talked about season four of Umbrella Academy. We got some season four new news about the boys. Interesting casting decision. Ray Negan from The Walking Dead is going to be well. The actor Jeffrey Dean Morgan is going to be in The Boys season four. I wish Negan would show up in The Boys season four and just put Homelander in his place, but we don't know who Jeffrey Dean Morgan is going to play. But boy, I can't think of anybody who probably fits into that boys universe better than Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, what do you think, man? He's so close to being typecast, and he doesn't give a fuck, and I love it. Um, <laughs> uh, so apparently this is a, yeah very much so these ducats as one Booker T is to say um, he apparently this is a supernatural uh, reunion. Wait, is, with, this, uh, is this your shucky ducky quack quack moment of the of the week, Ray? Shucky ducky quack quack moment. Well, it's of on week. like neck bone. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Um, no, but Jensen Ackles and JDM and. Uh, showrunner i think all were supernaturals um so it's gonna be dope what is he gonna do who's it gonna be i don't know i've heard it's not gonna be a it's gonna be a guest role maybe not like a full like a regular full-time dude fun fact though in our nerdomania um it may change now that we pushed it back my promo was gonna be negan uh calling out the punisher for a street fight (laughs) oh nice that's a good one that's a good one fans listening if you're if you're one of the 24 or 32 and you're like what is this neuromania thing it's an it's an idea that's coming we're gonna do wrestling cards with nerd based geek culture characters and we've got some really good ideas we just i just thought that ah, this week's a little bit too news heavy and it it's kind of we're creeping up there on a longer episode so backed away from a tunny uh I don't know. You're. I know you're not the biggest Walking Dead fan in the world, but I know you know who Jeffrey Dean Morgan is. 
How do you see him fitting in with the boys universe, even in a guest role? Like it's rumored he's going to have. It's funny because I was like, oh, it's too bad. Butcher doesn't have a living brother. Oh, that would be perfect. Yes, that's a good one, man. He would be perfect. I I mean, just oh, I'm sure he can. Jeffrey Dean Morgan can do anything. Just I mean, yeah, that'd be somebody who just Carl Urban and Jeffrey Dean Morgan on screen together is going to be magical, man. That, that I like that call, Tony. That's something I got to keep that keep that in the back pocket, Ray. That might be a good one to uh to do. I think it's a it's a great fit. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, one of the better actors who's could out it, there right now. Go ahead. Could it be a whole play on the Walking Dead thing where he has like zombie powers and he's a meta too? Do you know what I'm saying? Like you can go both ends with it, right? Like the, obviously Butcher's doesn't have a living brother, but you could see that happening. I like he could just be this. It could be just such a laughing stock of a superhero, like oh that zombie guy or something like that. That'd just, be like the total antithesis of what he does. You know what I mean? Or he just knocks fucking Homelander in the head with a barbed wire baseball bat, Ray. That would be kind of a you know and stand there with that leather jacket and that sly grin on his face. You know, I, you, I like you did it. To think. Sorry. Uh, the last thing I'll say is I like to think he's going to be involved with Vought somehow and not a meta. Yeah, I mean, he did. He was um, the guy in the suit in Rep Age, and he can play it. But I feel I'm worried about him because I don't. He's a great actor. He's always going to get roles and whatnot. But man, people going to call him motherfucking Negan for the rest of his life. Or the comedian, one or the other. Yeah, man. But when I think of that movie, the co- comedian is about three people down before I. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's true. Think, I'm thinking of Warshack. I'm thinking of. Uh, Manhattan. Oh, man. I'm thinking man, of Osmandis. Yeah. yeah, I'm before I get to the comedian because he dies so fucking early. That's true. That's true. All right, guys, let's talk about the last news story of the week. Uh, more depressing kind of news or disappointing, I'd say. Not so much depressing, but certainly disappointing kind of news this week where um, She-Hulk, we love the show, but it's got the most one-star reviews of any Marvel Cinematic Universe TV show on IMDb, which raised the question in my eyes right now because review bombing has become such a big problem over the past six months, basically since Moon Knight came out. You know, it's just been review bomb after review bomb. You look at Moon Knight, got bombed. Miss Marvel got horrifically bombed. Sandman, ridiculously review bombed. And so many people love that show that Netflix is pretty much guaranteed a second season. Now you got She-Hulk and they're being review bombed for different reasons. You know, it's either misogyny or it's racism or it's homophobia or something or the other, which raises a question I want to pose out to you guys. Should companies like IMDb just flat out do away with fan reviews at this point because it's so misleading and skewing things that should they just get rid of it? Tony, I'll turn it to you first, man. I don't know. Let the stupid people read stupid shit and think that it's real. I mean, what? I mean, honestly, my response to this topic and, and no offense is like, I don't fucking care. Like the intelligent ones are going to like watch it for themselves, or talk to intelligent people about it. It's, it's more of the fucking, uh, 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 loud minority, right? It's the three people yelling in the bar that are louder than the 87 other people are just sitting there having a good time. I'm paying them no attention whatsoever. Like the more attention paid, the bigger they grow and the more they get off on it. So whatever number of AEW fans are involved in doing this, you know, oh, wow. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I win again. 
I don't disagree with you, but I, I do think there's there's the risk here and the danger that it does create this buzz around, like, like Tony said, it's a vocal minority, that's for sure. But it does create enough buzz around that vocal minority that you wonder how much of it is bleeding into the majority who wants to block it out but can't help but hear these whispers because they keep coming in on them. You know, Ray, what are your thoughts? I mean, I mean is Tony right? It's just like, it's just a bunch of idiots out here. We can ignore them. Or should companies like IMDb say, you know, we really don't need these fan reviews anymore. It's just it's just fucking up the, the whole thing. The narrative is getting skewed. So it is a bunch of idiots. But the problem is, is the medium which the idiots are using is used by the companies who run the shows and the movies to show people that people are watching their shows. So like it's it's a kind of a trifold type deal where they're looking at, of course, how how they can make money. So ad sales, uh, subscriptions, buys, things of that nature. They're looking at ratings. How many people are watching at the time, day one, five day, whatever. And they're looking at what people are saying. So you're killing a third of the process by just a few, just a few idiots by skewing that, which is why it's such a, a powerful thing. We, we looked at the numbers. Miss Marvel was extremely lowly watched compared to all the other Disney plus shows. And you can attribute a lot of that to the review bombs. Because I've never met a person who's watched the show. One of my best friends, who's I, I, an MCU fanatic like us, not as knowledgeable a comic book fan, but is, loves watching it. I told him about, you know, when Miss Marvel came out, I, I kind of walked him through who she was, if he would like it. And I told him, you're going to, knowing who you are, you're going to have to get through the first two episodes before you can enjoy it. Because the first two episodes, she's a teenager and they're setting up her world. And he was like, he stopped watching after two episodes. Man, it's Disney shit. Yes, keep watching. I ain't gonna watch that. Keep watching. Two weeks later, he watched and then he binged the rest of the episode season. He was like, you're right. It was fantastic. So sometimes you have to get people out of their own way. And unfortunately, these reviews are making people get in their own way. But the bigger issue to me is should, should they, I think, in a perfect world, get rid of it? No. Because everybody deserves some type of voice. I think it needs to be filtered better. The problem is the importance that the studios are putting on companies like Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and these shitty ass fan sites. That's a bigger problem. When you back in the day when we were younger and you had Siskel and Ebert or Siskel and uh, what's Siskel and the dude after Ebert died, the, the other guy, whoever it was, and all these people, know. these people they were trained to do this. Shemp, right? Shemp. We're not talking about the fucking Three Stooges, bro. What the oh, fuck? well, I just replacement people that came up. Right? <laughs> like, going crazy, That's hilarious. Curly, curly, curly Joe. Shiv is my favorite Stooge, by the way. <laughs> Random. Um, but no, that but uh, you, they were trained. They were paid. This was their job. This was their career. They lived and died and bred off of, they ate off of if the reviews are good or bad. And now any Tom, Dick, and Harry or Jane and Mary with the fucking computer or a device could say something. So it needs to be filtered better. The I think the onus needs to be taken off of the importance of it. Otherwise, they wouldn't feel as empowered to get on and do something. Because the problem with the internet, the positive and the negative is, it feels like my voice matters. We're doing a fucking podcast right now. 
We joke about 32 listeners. It's more than that, but we joke about it. But we're not getting hundreds of thousands. 35. Yeah, right. We're not getting hundreds of thousands of millions of listeners. We got a good view- listenership, but we're not getting that much, right? We're not, it's not Joe Rogan, then bandwagon nerds. Like, we're not there. But we care about it, but we have a voice. Who gave us the right to have a voice? Who gave us three the right to have a voice? We PC, made a, gave PC our own Dunny, right. PC Dunny did that. Right. So in the same breath, how can we take away that from these assholes? I just think it needs to be filtered better. And that, I don't know how you do it, but you have to filter it better and stop making it matter. If it didn't matter as much, then I don't think people would care because they wouldn't feel the, they wouldn't feel beholden. They wouldn't get the positivity they want from saying, oh, well, I, I bombed this, so people are going to know this, this show sucks. Nobody's going to read thing, it. Though. Why the fuck they care? Here's the thing, though. We walked by. Generally, the three of us considered it insignificant crap, but we still stoked the fire by talking about it. You're right. We're just as bad as they are. That's spot on. I wasn't going that far because we're outraged. That that mean, we're we're, we're kind of outraged by the whole. I'll say this: it's it's a slippery slope because you look at like the end, of, like what they're doing here with uh, shows is one thing. I liken this, compare it in contrast over to like video games. Okay, if you go on like Metacritic and you look at uh, some of the reviews, like you look at the reviews for Madden, the gaming set websites are giving you know giving reviewing things a little bit higher than they otherwise should. The fans are the ones you almost have to listen to them because they're like the ones saying this game is the same fucking game it's been for the last 10 years and this is yeah, why I'm pissed off about it. Yeah. I'll give you a review. You have to watch way too much cutscenes. The loading time still sucks and I just paid whatever amount I did to download the new rosters. That's, That's it. all it is. Yeah. The graphics I just paid, are I just paid better. The AI is a little bit more responsive. The AI plays zone better. Yeah, but it, then it, give, it can't play a fucking thing against the run. So it, I'll it's, bet you 100 bucks by the time you get to week eight or nine, the offense you've been trying to run for the last eight or nine weeks doesn't work anymore. And eventually, you're going to be up 28 to seven and lose a game 35 to 31 just because. <laughs> Sounds like Thanks Madden 23, folks, right there. T- PC Tunney's review of Madden 23, right there. So, yeah, I think, you know, it, it's it's tough because you don't want to give this stuff undue uh, attention and, and, and bring in and, and stoke those flames and say, hey, these guys are talking about me, you know, because it just makes things worse. But at the same time, it's like you almost feel like people like us need to do a PSA to say, look, She-Hulk is way better than a one-star review showed. Miss Marvel's way better than one-star reviews. You want star reviews? Go watch, listen to Dave Meltzer. You know, that's all I'll say at this Who? at this point. Yeah, exactly. Who? And and I do want to say, if you watch She-Hulk and you legitimately didn't like it, that's, that's your right. That's fine. That's fine. But you don't got to go is, online like, and well, immediately bomb the shit it, out of it. Like, uh, right, exactly. How what what is the motive behind g- like, how angry are you? You know what I'm saying? There's a difference between a bad review, a spiteful review, and someone with an agenda. Those are three no, different things. Spot so on, spot on, you got to mentally decipher spot between on. the three. I mean, look when at, you're talking look negative, at, negative. Look negative. at me. I, I went on a rage today about World War Hulk. I've been on a rage for weeks about it. Now, I'm not doing any reviews, but I am actively going against it. But I'm not doing it because I... You don't have an agenda about a person or an idea of the movie. But I just don't. You're like not the story. going online and giving World War Hulk the series a one star review a year and no, a half before I'm it not, ever comes off. And even yeah, if you, yeah. even after it comes out, if you hate it, I would bet 
good money that Ray Cash, the Reverend Ray Cash, will not be on any website no. giving it a one-star review. You'll keep that to yourself and say, I don't like it because of this, this. I'll talk about it on the show. Oh, come on this show and talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> but you're not going to go on IMDb. That's a one-star review. Fuck it, you know? <clears throat> I mean, uh, granted, Ray's reasons would not be misogynistic, racist, or homophobic. It'd just be, this shit sucks. So I don't guess like that's legit. Line. Yeah, I don't like the that's storyline. That makes sense to me. That's the that's difference. That's the difference. That's the difference, and it's simple. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds here, episode 146. Good conversations all the way around, guys. Before I let you fellas go, let people know where they can find you on the social media interwebs and that sort of thing. We will start with the one and only live studio audience PC Tunney. Make sure you check out this show at Bandwagon Nerds. Make sure you follow Patrick O'Dowd at the Wrestling Realist. No I in wrestling. Uh, Chairshot Radio Network. Everything, uh, all the all the great streaming content there in the Chairshot.com. Always use your head. You can follow me at PC Tunney. Send hate mail my way to add it's me, DPP. Ray, where can people check you out? And, and as far as you're concerned, if people hate what you're saying, if people are saying... God damn that Ray and his World War Hulk hate. Where do you want them to send I their s- hate tweets to? You can send it to me at my moniker, PC Tunny. Wait um, a minute. You could you could use Platt there. I know, at the real C Platt. <laughs> or Craig use, or whoever. I use Platt every week. I don't know how to use somebody different. I figured why, why keep Father Bags. What's what's Kyle why, Moore's right? what's Kyle Moore's Twitter <laughs> handle? Send it over <laughs> there. Dr. Send your hate mail to Dr. S'mores. Yeah. Do and it. please do, because he won't read that shit. <laughs> oh, but if you get a response, he has an immaculate lexicon that he will uh, whip out and beat you over the head with. Um, by the way, whatever happened to Betty Ross? Betty Ross? Person who made the American flag? Not Betsy Ross, fool. Betty <laughs> Ross. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Girlfriend, uh, Liv Tyler, oh, Betty Ross. Oh, Betty. <laughs> Fuck its own flags, dipshit. <laughs> okay, move on. Um, I, I would, instead of following me, I want you guys to go and follow um, a gentleman by the name of Victor Perry at Wallflower Perry. He's the head of a the wrestling uh, the wrestling um, high school group. And he got all his kids. He had this uh, fund for all of the kids to get sent to L.A. And he's doing great things with the group. If you follow him, watch the videos. The kids they watch. Uh, Sasha Banks went to go see him. They watch wrestling during the the club. Uh, watch shows. They even have their own little fed where like they have champion. Is it's fantastic stuff. Go give him my follow, and you will uh, you'll be very happy. Get let's give back. Those kids are fantastic and deserve good things to happen to them so shout out to them as far as uh, that great stuff ray thank you for that that make sure you follow the reverend ray cash's advice i feel like i'm running around the horn and i got bumped to do the you know the final 30 seconds because ray had something <laughs> meaningful to talk about today that's uh, me every time yeah yeah i got and, you know and we found out the hulk's girlfriend sewed the american flag so i mean that's that you can't you can't buy that kind of publicity folks and that motherfucker was that before or after world war hulk that was before and he Wears that fucking flag as a banner when he comes back to Earth and whips that ass. So it was the before Bruce Banner. It was before World War Hulk, but it was after Civil War. 
You can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. Facebook.com slash Attitude Regression. And as Tony said, follow the show at Bandwagon Nerds. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Patrick returns next week to tell us how badly we've done over the past two weeks. That's going to be... Boo! Boo. <laughs> Ray's booing Patrick's return in advance. Free hate. I love you, Patrick. I do, man. Until next week, hey, you guys... Get out of the basement. Maybe think about getting a little bit of sun. Maybe not. Whatever floats your boat. But make sure you check out some of these great shows. Review Bombers Be Damned. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network right here on the Chairshot.com. strong my friend call me elf one more time he's an angry elf without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.